Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. We're mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I am Gary, your host, and today on the show I have Ben Altman of Charisma on Command. And most recently, he is the co-author of the book, Charisma on Command, How to Inspire, Energize, and Impress Everyone You Meet. Hey, Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Happy to be here. Yeah. So for those who may not be familiar with yourself or the site Charisma on Command, can you give us a little teaser of what to expect? Yeah, sure. So I mean, basically, it breaks down into two parts. Everything I do is based on the idea that uh, your relationships with other people, that's the key to success in business. That's the key to happiness. You know, I think it's the most important thing in the world. So what we teach is how do you strengthen those relationships? But instead of starting externally, you start with yourself. And it's very self-improvement based. And the two parts are charisma, which is how do you be magnetic? How do you captivate when you speak? How do you draw people to you and have that presence? And then the on-command part is the idea that we've all felt on at some point in our lives. We all feel comfortable, funny. We have that moment or moments, but it escapes us when we want it most. So when people go to pitch investors or they go to go on a date with someone they really like or they meet a CEO that's really important to them, they freeze up, they hesitate, they get in their own head. So what we do is we teach how do you be charismatic and that's kind of like how do you raise your max ability with people and then how do you do it on command? How do you be at your best, whatever that is, all the time instead of being at the whim of your comfort zone basically? Gotcha. Oh, that's that's awesome. And I know that our audience here, Breakthrough Cocktail and everyone, that's just something that is a skill that at first you think you need, like certain people just have it, but over time you learn that you can, you know, bring it out in inside of you. People think that charisma is like height or eye color, that like everybody has it naturally. Anyone who has charisma or is charismatic and good with people and can make a big impact and leave a lasting impression, they're, they just got there on accident. Like their parents rewarded the right behavior on accident when they were a kid. Some teacher made a comment that like they were the class clown or, oh, they're so confident. And that was their identity. But it's not like it's genetic. There's certainly no predisposition and you can work on, I mean, we work on people on everything, like your body language, your literally like how deep your voice is, your delivery. And so it's really not this innate, like mysterious thing. Uh, it's something that there is a formula to it and it can all be like systemically taught. And so either you have it on accident or you don't, but just cause you don't have it on accident doesn't mean you can't go get it. And so that's like, the big thing that we have to clear up with people when we first talk about what we do is that this idea of like, oh, I just don't have it. Um, if they want it, if it's important to them, anyone can learn how to be infinitely more charismatic. Yeah, and you make awesome points there. And so my question to you is, how, how did you get into this? What what was the turning point that made you want to study charisma and uh, teach it to the world? Yeah, so I got into this totally selfishly, like no plans for being a business owner or a coach or any of that. Uh, I was on Wall Street when I got first into self-improvement and all this stuff, and I was just going to go make a ton of money doing that, and I was going to do this for myself. But the truth is, like, I 
was never bad with people, but I was never as good as I wanted to be. And so like I had a girlfriend in high school and in college and I was in a fraternity and I had my group of friends, but I wasn't the president of the fraternity. I wasn't this great leader. And I felt like I was, I don't know, I was okay with people. And I especially my junior year, I landed this like dream job internship where I was finally in investment banking on Wall Street, great firm. This was like my golden ticket. And then I didn't get the full-time offer because, not because my work was bad, because I wasn't a good cultural fit, which literally just means they don't like you. And so, uh, you know, for me, that was like a huge wake-up call to be like, okay, uh, something is obviously going wrong with my presentations to other people because they're so spread out. Some people really like me. Some people don't. Some people are like, oh my God, like you need to work here. And then later, same people in the same firm will go, hmm. We changed our mind. So I got, I honestly started studying psychology, NLP, behavior science, charisma, all just because I wanted to like reap the rewards of being charismatic in my own life. Wow. So you had a career in real estate, or sorry, Wall Street. And at what point did you decide that was not the path for you? Yeah. So Full credit, shout out Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week. I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably uh, would say the same, but I was reading his book. I, so every day that I would go to work, I would take the subway and I was working from about 9am until about midnight or 1am. And I was like, okay, this sucks, but I want to make sure that I'm always doing something besides work in my life. So I made sure reading on my commute was like a very high priority. And I'm reading this book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and I can't put it down because in the very first few chapters, he strawmans this guy that just makes me reevaluate my entire life. You know, it basically says he sees all the time this Ivy League guy that gets to a good school, doesn't know what to do, gets pushed into an 80-hour-a-week job because he's competitive. And, you know, that's what those schools produce, their factories for investment banking and lawyers and things like that. And the guy sleeps at his desk, you know, doesn't love his job and thinks this is all there is to life. And I read that as like, oh, dear God, <laughs> he's just he's just described me to a T and his straw man for like, don't ever live like this was my life. And that was a huge wake up call for me. And then it became it was not a matter of would I start a business. It was what would the business be? And I actually started another business before this one where I was teaching people how to do parkour, like running up walls and jumping over uh, benches and stuff. But that was not really like a true passion of mine. I picked it because it was a niche. I followed the four-hour workweek playbook. I was like, niche, not competitive, AdWords. And I like just trying to build what he calls a muse. Didn't work out. And I realized like I, I didn't care about the topic. So then I thought, what do I care about? What am I already reading, talking about, thinking about? And it was this. It was charisma and human interaction and human relationships. So I decided I would design my next business all around that because, you know, to me, that was the missing piece that didn't make the other one work that has made this one work is that I actually really care. And I can, I can talk about it for hours and like love it. So I'm eager to do stuff like this podcast, you know? Yeah. And so you found something that you love and you decided to dive deep into it. Could you describe to our audience just your journey on, how you've come up with your formula and your just your mantra for charisma. Yeah, for sure. So I think the first part of what, like how did we come up with everything we do? Right. Cause I mean, we have like 
a six video module series and a book and all this stuff. It's like, how do you like without a degree in charisma, right? Cause that doesn't exist. Like how does one come up with that much content? And the idea is we look at the best people and we try to like deconstruct what do they do and break it down. And then we model them. And that I think is the key to learning everything. So like I also, you know, in sports or whatever, I would listen to a coach and I, you know, try to have a coach in everything I do, but I would also like go watch footage of the best people and I'd be like, what are they doing differently than other people? So if charisma, that literally meant like looking at Bill Clinton, looking at Steve Jobs, Tony Robbins, Obama, and being like, what do they do that makes people react to them? And we, we break it down into different things. So leadership, obviously, you're going to look at an Obama or a Clinton. For likability, you look at Will Smith, right, or like Jennifer Lawrence. And when it comes to being a captivating speaker or like impacting people emotionally, you go to Tony Robbins. So we took everybody that was world-class in different areas of charisma and we just watched them and broke them down like a football player would break down, you know, game footage. And that's really where we came up with a lot of our foundational stuff. And then we went out and tested. And I think that's another important part. If anyone wants to be world-class at anything, you just go out and you experiment. You see what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and you iterate. And then eventually that's how you go from copying people to innovating your own stuff. So that, that's how we came up with everything that we teach. Awesome. And that's a perfect segue into just introducing Charisma on, Command, uh, Charisma on Command to the audience. So can you just start to talk about what the site offers and just a little bit more about the site? Yeah, for sure. So the website is www.charismaoncommand.com. Uh, not Charisma on Demand, <laughs> common common mistake. Yeah. Uh, but what it is, I mean, the best the best place for anyone to start, honestly, is probably our newsletter. So if you go to charismaoncommand.com slash newsletter, that's all our free content. That's where I suggest everybody goes to start. Um, and then the second thing is we wrote a book, Charisma on Command. I think that it's the best resource anyone can have. They just want to get all of the best information in one place for how to be a good storyteller, how to be magnetic, how to feel confident. And what's nice is it has an action guide so that every single thing that we teach, we teach you how do you do it. Because something I ran into a lot of trouble with, and I know a lot of people do as well, is you read something and then you don't know how to implement it. So you go read something else and you don't know how to implement it and you read something else. And something I really appreciated about the 4-Hour Workweek is he says straight up, like, go to WordPress.com. <laughs> go to DomainInSeconds.com. And that's really what helped us kind of create our first business. So we have made sure that this isn't just something where it's like, Listen, what you have to do is be more confident and make sure that when you speak, you're engaging and then look people in the eye and you're set. It's like, okay, well, that's really hard. If I'm not used to gesticulating, I don't have good body language, basically I have all these bad habits. And that's the idea behind charisma. It should all be habits. No good public speaker goes up on stage and is like three sentences, two steps to the right, two sentences, <laughs> gesticulate with left hand. Like they do a lot of it unthinkingly. It's called unconscious competence. And so that's the idea behind making it all habit-based. So there's an action guide in there that's basically like, here's how you rewire your habits so that if you just do everything for these 30 days, you come out benefited. And that's our way of just trying to guarantee that people actually do benefit from it. Because like that's the whole point. Honestly, books are like crappy business moves. I wouldn't recommend anyone write a book if their goal is to make money. Like straight up a terrible idea. Uh, but it's the easiest way to consume a ton of really good content in a short period of time. 
So I would say the newsletter and the book. We've got video courses. We do private coaching. But uh, I would say everybody should start with those two places. And uh, I think in terms of maybe giving people here just something to start with in terms of being more charismatic today, the number one thing I would say is to forget about the mechanics and focus all on how you feel. Because the mechanics are massively, massively, massively important. But more than anything, conviction, energy, and like the emotions you convey when you speak, that is what's going to move people. Our book is Charisma on Command, like inspire, impress, and energize everyone you meet. That's the goal. Inspire, impress, and energize. And if you want to do that, you need to be creating these like huge emotional responses to your presence. And you do that with energy, by being upbeat, by being positive, by being high energy, and you do it with conviction. And whether you are Martin Luther King or Will Smith, you'll see they both have massive energy of very different kinds, and they have massive conviction, again, of very different kinds. And so that's, I think, like the keystone to all of it. So if people want to do nothing but listen to this podcast and still try to get better in terms of their ability with people, I would say like remove the desire to come in deadpan, come in low, come in quiet, and try to make an impact with your clever, clever words because that's not how it works. We're emotional creatures and so coming in and focusing instead on yourself and your energy, that's like step one of 10 for how to be next level charismatic. Yeah, and so you make a good point about habits and creating habits. And if someone is trying to get better at being more charismatic and you make a good point about, it's all about the energy and what you uh, put out, what is a few things that they can try to do on a daily basis or every time they interact with people to start to fine tune that? Totally. Yeah. If I could do, if I would say one thing to just be aware of, and I don't know if this means like wear a bracelet, says like, you know, what would Ben do or like whether it's right on. I mean, I literally for a lot of this, like I write things on my forum. I have people can't see this because podcast, but I just learned a new way of memorizing names, like tons of names and remembering them forever. And I'm going out and I'm writing name game on my forum for a week because I want to build the habit of making sure I do this like active mnemonic thing that I've learned. And so that's how I remind myself. So do something to remind yourself. But the thing I would say, one habit is to get into your body and move when you communicate. That will help you with energy and it will help you with your quote unquote presence with the actual like mechanics of charisma. And so it's not about shifting nervously while you speak, but it's about like stand with your shoulders or with your feet shoulder width apart and gesticulate when you talk. And if you're going to laugh, like throw your head back when you laugh and smile. And if you're going to talk to someone, like point or touch or make physical contact with them and move your arms as you speak and basically get out of this thing that I see a lot of times where people get tight. Because when your body is tight, that's when your words get tight and your throat gets tight and your brain gets tight. And that's when all of a sudden you think of jokes a half second too late or you think of something to say, but you're like, ah, no, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a good thing to say. I'm going to, I'm going to bite my tongue here. It's because you started out with a body that's tight. So now everything's tight. So that literally means like before I go give a speech, I'll do push-ups or jumping jacks. I'll spin in a circle with my arms out like a top. I'll laugh really goofily and bounce up and down, but I'm just trying to loosen my body and get into my body. And then when I am out, I'm always gesticulating. I'm always moving. And when I'm doing everything, I do it big with my body because that makes it really easy to then be big with my voice 
and to have freedom of words and everything else that plays into being spontaneously charismatic. So what I hear you saying is it's not about the words that you actually say. It's, it's how you present those words. And for our audience listening, if they're scared about, oh, are these going to be the right things to say? You're basically saying just put it out there and just be yourself and try to be more comfortable rather than thinking about the exact words. Is that correct? Yeah, that's definitely – so the, the this is like the beginner stuff because I don't, I don't know where people are coming in at. But like this is the starting point for anyone that I work with in terms of how to be more charismatic. It's like one, get physically loose because you can't be charismatic if you – like we say this. We're like, oh, like I'm going to get a few drinks so I like loosen up. Like we know that this idea of being loose in social settings make you charismatic. And honestly, on, even when you're giving a speech, right, the, the tight guy that doesn't walk around the stage – or when you're giving an investor presentation, the guy who's like really caught in his body with his flashcards, they're never compelling speakers ever. And so get loose with your body will help you get loose with your words and your thoughts. And then the second thing, uh, just to give you guys something that's also concrete, I just really like this. And this is like the second thing that we teach everybody is in conversation, you know you are going to get some form of like three to five common questions everywhere. This can be social. When you go to a, a party, this can be a first date. This can be a networking event. This can be when you are presenting to investors. Again, like it doesn't matter. The questions differ for sure. The first date questions are different than the investor presentation questions, but it's all the same idea of they're going to ask you something. And if you're at all in tune to how these things go, you know, I'm going to get asked, I don't know, what do I do or where do I live or where am I from? How old am I? How long have I been working on the business? How many users do we have? Uh, nail those questions. I call those reflex questions. Most people treat those as unthinking because they're so used to them. They just go into a pre-programmed, where are you from? I'm from Philly. Oh, that's cool. What do you do? I, I own a business called Charisma on Command. Okay. Uh, you know, where do you live? Oh, I live in, you know, Las Vegas. All right, well, now this, this conversation just died. It's so boring, right? And then it's my turn to ask questions. Where are you from, Gary? What do you do? That's interesting. Uh, tell me more about that, right? And we're just struggling to have conversation. That's how you have these three-minute conversations that go terribly and they feel like interviews and you just see the other person, check their phone or their watch, go to the bathroom to escape you. You don't want to do that. And what, the, the opposite of that is without memorizing a script, just think what is actually one true and two, more interesting and conveys more about me in terms of like, where am I from? So I could say, you know, where, where are you from, Ben? And be like, oh, I'm born, I was born in Philadelphia, but I haven't lived there in years because the people there don't have the characteristics I look for in people I hang out with. Or I could say, oh, I used to live in Philadelphia, but I've been there in years because you can't train outdoors and I love outdoor activity. Or I could say whatever's true, but give these little hints at follow-up questions that could be asked. And when you get really good at it, you'll have like one or two or three of these things that you basically give the other person and you say, hey, if you have any interest at all in making this a good conversation, ask me a follow-up question on what kind of people I like or what outdoor activity I like or anything like that. And same thing with the business. You know, you could say, oh, I'm starting this business. And then you could give a three-sentence little, not a ramble, but a quick answer that leaves open conversation threads. Don't answer every question, 
right? I wouldn't be like, oh, I run Charisma on Command. It's self-improvement. We focus on how to be captivating, how to be magnetic, how to make a first impression that lasts. We also focus on how to turn it on at a moment's notice. I started this because it was really impactful for my life. All of a sudden, I'm talking for 90 <laughs> seconds. It's super long, and there's like no questions to be asked. Don't do that either. But just give a couple of hints at interesting things and let the listener, the other person, let them direct the conversation where they want it to go based on what they think is most interesting. Now you're getting to talk more about yourself and they're getting to direct the conversation. So you're only talking about what's interesting to them. And that is a really, really, really good way to be charismatic and basically nail the first 10 minutes of an interaction so that you get 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 25 to 30, because those parts of the interaction are easier. Once you've already made the good first impression, everything else really unlocks in terms of connecting with people. Yeah, you make some good points. And all of these could be applied to a job interview, to a date situation, to investor interview. So these are great. No, for sure. No, I mean, the truth is like, this is the foundational stuff, but people, we have clients that come to us and they say, hey, I really want help with my dating life. Or, hey, I'm an MBA student. I want help with recruiting. Or, hey, I'm an entrepreneur and I need help getting partners for my business. They're all, they seem like, oh my God, it's such different things. But the, the things that we actually coach them on, exactly the same. Same stuff. Because the truth is what makes you good in one of those scenarios makes you good in the others. And so there's a whole bunch of ways that you can apply this stuff. But it's really like one fairly simple foundational toolbox that you need to be able to do it all. That's awesome. And the other part, you say just unlocking this at a moment's notice. Can you speak to a situation that maybe you were in a conversation and maybe you were thrown off guard and how you were able to react to that? Uh, yeah, let me think for a second. So I was, so I gave it, this is a good one. So I was on a speaking panel uh, in Las Vegas recently for this thing called Catalyst Week. Awesome experience, really liked it, highly recommend it. But uh, we were on this thing and instead of giving a speech, like a lot of times I'll give a pre-planned speech with slides and I'll know what I'm going to say. This was a speaking panel and I had been like previewed some of the questions, but they asked me one that I wasn't expecting. And so there's like this, uh, there's this pause. It's awesome where they ask the question. I'm just like, I look at it for a second. I go, okay. And then I go into my answer and like, that is me being totally like not knowing what I'm about to say. But the thing that I really rely on to be able to be like, okay, like recover from that. Don't start to stutter, get this right. And like present yourself the way that you know you should is I just make sure that I am again, one in my body and two, that I'm controlling like my internal dialogue, my chatter to myself. And so, you know, if you watch this thing, I think you can YouTube it, uh, or we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll so I'll send you the video. But, uh, if you watch, you, one, you'll see my body language is super spread out. I'm sitting as if I were confident without knowing who I was. If you look at it, like I'm taking up space, I'm kind of leaning back. No matter what your like reference is to this experience, looking at you would be like, oh, that guy's not nervous. Well, that's also what makes me not nervous because your body language impacts how you feel. I go actually, I go into this in my answer on the speech, so I won't give it all away here, but that's one. And then two is uh, my internal chatter. I just make sure that in that that moment, that freeze, I, instead of being like, oh shit, I have no idea what, to, what I'm going to say, I'm like, okay, 
time to nail this. And it sounds silly. It sounds simple, but uh, controlling that internal voice and that takes some practice and there's some exercises that I've done to like really help with that. But that internal chatter determines everything about how you feel and how you perform. And so being able to go, all right, time to nail this instead of going, "Uh oh, I don't know what I'm about to say. That's the difference between the first 30 seconds stuttering or nailing it. And then once you feel confident in your first 30 seconds, the next 30 come easy. And after two minutes of being on, now you're in. Now you're now you're in the zone and you're in flow and it becomes very easy to perform at your peak. So it's really just about getting that first few minutes right by you know working on your internal chatter. Ah, this is awesome stuff. And I have one more question before we go to break. Okay. Uh, you mentioned in the book that it's full of activities and things that people can do to you know continue to be more charismatic. Can you give our listeners some tips on how they should tackle a book, especially a book like yours or any other book that provides training, just so they can get the most out of it? Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, it's a great question, honestly, because I would say I have learned as much from books as I have from anything else in my life. Like, honestly, I've learned more about business. I went to a business school. I learned more about business post-business school from reading than I did from two years and whatever. I don't even want to think about how much that costs. Uh, so it's a great it's a great thing to do is to maximize your ability to use those tools. I, the way I would read our book and any other book is I would read through it. And as you read through it, jot down and take notes. You can write in the book. Or what I do is I just like have a little notepad. And I don't want to overwhelm myself with like, oh, that's a fun fact. I really want this to be short enough that I can do something with it. I read through and I just write down, here's a thing that I can actually change or implement or do. So it's like, it's a do list. It's not a learn list or a fun fact list. It's a things to do or change action list. And so I read and I write that down. And then what I do, so the book is whatever it is, a couple hundred pages. You're not going to want to reread that all the time. Now I have this sheet of action things. And then I think, how do I turn these into like habits for myself or life changes for myself. And what that looks like is one of two things. Either I will sequence them if they're tasks. So if it's like the four hour work week or even our book, I would like sequence it. I would say first I'm going to work on first impressions. Then I'm going to work on being magnetic. Then I'm going to work on whatever. And I sequence it. That way you're not trying to learn it all at once because you can't just in one day spend 24 hours and then be like, all right, I run a successful business and I'm charismatic and everything is perfect. Like you need to space it out and give yourself time to master each individual thing. So that's what I'll do is I'll just sequence it. And then if it's something I want to do every day, I have a, I have a whiteboard basically that has a list of all the things I want to do each day. I think it's up to like, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 things, not overwhelming. And I just put a little mark next to it. So for our book, if I'm reading our book and I had, let's say two things I wanted to do every day for the week, to work on my eye contact. I would just write them somewhere, phone reminder, whiteboard, whatever, and then just do it once a day. Okay, eye contact exercise done. Then go live my life. Next day, eye contact exercise done. Because I think that you make, like habit changes, you make with a repetition over time. Uh, Business things you can actually do by just sitting down for eight hours and just like, you know, tweaking out and nailing it. But for habit stuff, for fitness and diet, and charisma 
and anything that has to do with like your inner belief system, that stuff is all better suited for, you know, every single day, little by little stuff. And so that's what I do. I read a book, put together an action list and then turn that into a sequence, a chain of events, or I add it to my daily habit list and I make sure that I keep that daily habit list short enough that I can actually do every single thing every day. Because if that's 50 things, you will do no things. If it's five things, you will do five things. And so I prioritize. And if it's not not top 10, it's not worth doing right now. And maybe it's not worth doing ever because you have to prioritize in life if you want to become really, really good in any area, whatever that area is. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it's good to hear that you, someone at this level, still creating habits and, and you still have your habit list. Oh, absolutely, yeah. For the business, entrepreneurship, I've got a whole productivity system. I've got a to-do list. I absolutely don't rely on like my willpower or like my smarts. I've got it all systemed and like built out for me. And for my habits, like I'm still working on a bunch of stuff in terms of like one, uh, I've got like a new hobby I just picked up, MMA. I've been doing that for a couple of years. I'm not as good as I want to be. And I've got things that I work on every day around that. My charisma is like something I still remind myself of because you can never get too good with people, right? And then uh, recently I've gotten really into NLP and like the more introspective and change-based science of kind of like behavior science. And so I've got a little checklist for that. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at legitimately like 12 things that I try to do every day that I wouldn't remember to do every single day if I didn't have it written down somewhere. If I didn't have this to hold me accountable, like for sure something would slip. And so, uh, yeah, I, I always rely on just like simple systems to keep me in check because then I get to feel good every single time I check the box and I'm never stressed that I'm not doing enough because as long as I do what's on my list, I give myself permission to feel awesome. And like that's 100% good enough even if there's other stuff I could be doing because otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah, good stuff. Well, all right. We should take a quick break and then when we come back, we're going to jump right into the lightning round and learn a little bit more about Ben. All right, so guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, Breakthrough Cocktailers. Let's face it. Staying competitive in this fast-paced world requires you to always be learning. However, taking in-person classes can be time-consuming and costly. Lucky for you, there's Udemy. Udemy is an online education marketplace that has thousands of courses from world-class educators. They have classes that will teach you how to program a WordPress site to classes on improving your happiness. Classes are very inexpensive, and more importantly, you can do them on your own time. If you're interested in learning more, go to BreakthroughCocktail.com slash Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y to see a few of our favorite classes. All right, and we're back. We're here with Ben Altman from Charisma On Command. Before we jump into the lightning round, it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without discussing what Ben is drinking today. So Ben, what do you have? Uh, what are you drinking? Yeah, so this is really, really exciting. I have a 32-ounce Nalgene bottle of water. Uh, I really only drink like four things throughout my day. Basically, it's like water, green tea, or black coffee. And then at night, red wine. So like that's that's my uh, liquid diet, so to speak. Yeah, Tim Ferriss would be proud. I swear, those are all the things that he mentioned in the For Our Body, right? Yeah, no, exactly. That's where I got it all. I mean, and I do, I will mix in like athletic greens or things like that. But uh, I try really hard not to drink any sort of like soda or anything like that because if I'm going to if I'm gonna put something crappy in my body, I'm at least going to eat it. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Cool. 
All right, guys. Well, let's jump into the lightning round. I do this with every person that comes on the show. This is just to get a little bit more about you. First question is, when you're a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay. I wanted to be either Wolverine, uh, Sorcerer, or the next Albert Einstein. Ah, that's awesome. Oh. Uh, next question is, what was your very first job? Landscaper. Landscaper. So uh, did you work as an apprentice? Like, uh, Tell us a little bit more about that landscape. It, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, this one guy, great guy, really, really loved, like his customers loved him because he was very hands-on and he made sure to hire people that were really good at customer service. But God, it sucked. I walked around with a weed whacker for like 12 hours a day. I got stung by a bee in the eye. I got poison ivy like twice. I would have cuts all over from rocks that would just weed whack up into my body. Like it's, uh, it's your classic high school, just trying to make some cash job, but it was definitely not as fun as, uh, basically anything I've done since. (laughs) So, yeah, cool. You mentioned that your, one of your hobbies is MMA. Are there any other hobbies that you like to participate in? Uh, so Definitely like mixed martial arts, UFC style. That's my number one hobby for sure. Uh, I love to go out. Absolutely love to go out, dance, drink, talk to people. Uh, dabbled with the guitar, kind of suck at it. So <laughs> I wouldn't list that as like an active hobby of mine. Yoga, definitely. Um, those are the big ones really. Honestly, I spend most of my time doing that stuff or like reading, watching video courses. I'm like very – very interested in self-improvement. So a lot of my free time goes to kind of like just learning new skills and trying to figure out like how I can continue to evolve. So that's, that's definitely like a big part of my free time also. Cool. Are you a morning person or a night person? Definitely night. Gotcha. Most definitely. Uh, I would say whether I'm out uh, or just staying in, I am not asleep before 2 a.m., and I will very rarely be up before 10. Uh, I think it's a habit I picked up from when I was doing my all-nighter investment banking days. But I find that for me, 10 p.m. till about 4 a.m. is like my absolute crunch time of like uninterrupted, pure focus. That's my best work time. And so I do podcasts, things like that during the day. And I, I do a lot of my work at night. Do you have any nighttime rituals that you do to just either help you wind down or just get you in the zone? Yeah. So, well, honestly, my morning ritual is probably the, the better one. Uh, my morning ritual, I wake up, I do 10 minutes of yoga, I meditate in the sun, then I'll do some breathing exercises that are meant to deepen my voice and also like just to help me kind of have a more grounded, centered mind. And then I will take a cold shower and that's when I like go attack the day. So that's my morning ritual. Uh, And I also have the five minute journal, which uh, shout out to those guys. I would recommend that to anyone. That's an awesome product to have. Um, Then at night, really, I just make sure that I have some time where once I'm done work, put the laptop away, put the phone away. I try to set my alarm on airplane mode. So if I'm like up in the middle of the night, I'm going to check what time it is. I'm not distracted by Instagram and all that. And then I'll just read some sort of nonfiction book that is basically what do I want my brain to focus on when I go to sleep? Because I actually think that whatever you are thinking about before you go to sleep, 
you will think about while you sleep. And I've seen that happen in terms of like studying for a test, not being able to do something, sleeping, waking up, getting it right. So yeah, that's it. I just try to unplug and then read something nonfiction that I want to learn. And that I make sure that's the last thing I do before I go to bed. That's kind of my nighttime thing. That's great. It's Friday night, 7 p.m. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. I'm probably either at MMA or Whole Foods with my roommates eating. Great. Uh, and then, yeah, well, the rest of Friday night is <laughs> more exciting but more – we'll keep it off. Keep this clean for the kids. Yeah, you know? exactly. I keep the podcast appropriate. Yes, exactly. We do not want to get explicit. Um, all right, a few more questions. If you had to pick a, three songs to describe the soundtrack of your life, what three songs would have to be on there? Oh, man, that's so good. Uh, oh, man, what comes to mind? I don't know. I'm just coming off the top of my head. I Need Your Love, uh, Cash Cash, Take Me Home, and Soundtrack of My Life. Uh, I don't know. One Republic's got a really good one that I like. I don't know if it fits my life at all, uh, but that would probably just be the third one that I would like to at least have playing around while I was like living. If I could just have some of the boombox like follow me around. Dope. All right. Two more questions. First, are there any quotes or mantras that you like to live your life by? Yeah, my favorite quote, uh, my favorite quote in the world is one that actually I read as I was considering like reevaluating my life uh, in New York and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, leave my job or stay. And it is develop the strength to do bold things, not the strength to suffer. And that I love. And uh, not just because, you know, do bold things, I like that message, but the whole like entirety of it is. Don't develop the strength to suffer. Don't develop the ability to put up with subpar circumstances. And instead, develop the strength to take risks, go big, try to live and be the person that you want to be. And I read that and like it just hit so hard for me that I had in certain areas of my life been developing the strength to suffer. I've been developing the strength to be less than happy, be less than ideal, but be okay. And I think everyone should feel okay about themselves, but just accepting like no matter what my life is like, it's okay, super dangerous, and you will stagnate. So that, yeah, favorite quote for sure uh, is that one. Awesome. And I think this sort of ties into my last question is if you can give our listeners one thing that they can do today that will help them find their passion, get clarity, and live an awesome, awesome life, what would that be? Buy my book. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, no, so find your passion. I would say, here's what I would say. This is what I did. Just uh, sit down, kind of re re remove all the external from your environment for a second and just think, what are the things that I do for free right now that I really enjoy? And write that down. Just And don't censor yourself. No one else has to see this. Just try to write at least 20 things. And if you can't, then you have to do this exercise because you either don't have enough things in your life that you enjoy or you are really, really good at hiding from yourself because you're just tired of not doing the things that you love. So, so sit down and go, okay, what are things that I do for fun that I enjoy, that I pay to do or that I do for free? And then think, 
what would my life look like if I had a hundred million dollars? What would I do? What would I wake up and do? What would I want to do midday? What would I want to do at night? And the third question that I always like to ask or have people ask is like, if I knew I couldn't fail, what would I do? What would I try to do? And you'll have these three lists and you'll notice there won't, not everything will be the same, but you'll see overlaps and themes amongst what do I do for fun for free or what do I do for fun that I pay for? What would I do with a hundred million dollars? And what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? And that list, if you really sit down and just take the time to write that out, it will illuminate for you what you can do or should do to have a fulfilling life and feel passionate about what you do and feel really good about how you spend your day. That to me is like the ultimate North star finding exercise. Ah, it's so good. So good. And yeah, I advise everyone, if you're listening to the podcast, make a note to go back and do this later. Do not end your week without doing this exercise. Awesome. Well, Ben, thank you so much for being on the show. We are out of time, but let our audience know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, first, thanks for having me. Uh, this is awesome. I love talking about this stuff. If people want more about this, one, you can email me. My email is ben at charismaoncommand.com. That's if you have any questions about anything I've said on the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I answer my own emails, not every day, but I will get to you at some point, you know, within seven days or so. Uh, also, my website, charismaoncommand.com slash newsletter. Really recommend that. And the last thing is, uh, as part of coming on here, I'm going to give away a chapter of our book, actually, to all your listeners. So if people want, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, I don't know like the exact URL off the top of my head, but if they go to your site or the show notes or iTunes, we'll make sure that they can find it. And that'll just give them a really good sense. It's my favorite chapter from our book. And if people have liked at all, like the things I've said here in terms of charisma, highly recommend go grab that chapter. Uh, we can't keep it up forever. I don't know when we'll take it down, but definitely just go grab it and then it'll send to you and you can, you can read it at your leisure. Just go get it now. Cause I don't know how long it'll be up. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for coming on the show. And thank you to the audience for listening. And that was another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. As we said, all of this information is in the show notes at BreakthroughCocktail.com. And we'll see you next time. Until then, stay awesome, guys. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.